Hello all, welcome to Autumn and Winter podcast. Norella and I today, we'd like to explore as we age different kinds of losses and their impact and how in the world do we move forward and find meaning. Um, here's just some jobs, ages and different projects, our energy levels and motivation and drive takes a hit. Our dreams, what happens? Of course, our looks, our health, behavior. There's now the rising divorce rate, women initiated, kids leaving, and of course, the ultimate death. Parents, most of us, as we start aging, of course, our parents start going. So I don't know, Mirella, we started talking about, you know, energy and different motivation. How's that for you? Well, I find that a big part of my drive seems to have been lost. So the theme is is loss. And it's interesting because when um, you ask me to think about things I have lost, one of the ones that I feel the most lately is this lack of motivation and energy and drive. Big loss there. I want to do things, but I don't have that big push I used to. But but don't you think some of that is good? Because, you know, as we get older, we also want to smell the roses as the line goes. So, you know, is it a balance of things? Are you talking about you're just not interested? Or is it that lack of... not knowing what to do. Maybe you're right. Maybe there is an element as we age where we have to reevaluate. So a lot of the things that I was driven to do were to um, look a certain way, you know, be a certain weight, uh, accomplish by have these things that were measures of success. And now maybe maybe it is nature's way of saying, what do you really want? Let's pare it down. Let's boil it down to what is it you really want to spend these last few years? Well, hopefully more maybe than that's a few, what it is. but that's only, you know, it's, it's more finite. Yeah. I find, you know, I work now, I still work rather, but I find what used to be important to me, and that is, you know, advancement and promotion and getting the right projects, um, is no longer the case. I still want to be relevant. I still enjoy my work. But where I look for um, the real motivation is a little bit of what you said is what's important to me. So kind of refocusing and saying, yes, you know, I can still contribute to the workforce. Um, I'm no longer put off if I don't get the prime project. Uh, it used to be that I'd fight for it. Now it's okay, you know, that's fine, as long as I've got something to do. And my motivation and my drive is more outside of work. And, you know, it's forcing me um, to, to sort of look and think, well, okay, so when I reach that end, whatever that is for me, what do I want to be known for? What do I want to be proud of? And increasingly, it's not necessarily work and profession. It's part of it, but it's more about other things. 
So for me, the drive and motivation, it's changed, but it seems to have shifted. But what about, you know, because I can see also the other angle to it, the physical, the health. So that might be a contributing factor for a lot of us, the aches and pains. I think we both came in and you're saying yeah. shoulder and I'm going hip. Yeah. And I wonder if that partly, you know, our body and our biology really changing. Well, it's true that at this point in our lives, so both of us are in our 60s, you really have to work at staying healthy. So it's not going to come automatically. I think that I could work harder at, at my health. And I do know that that's something, because these little aches and pains, sometimes I wonder, are they here to stay? Like the question would never have entered my mind in my 40s. So in my 40s, if I had a twinge or a little nerve thing happen in my shoulder or my hip, I would have automatically assumed, listen, it's just a kink, it'll work out, or um, I'll just have to exercise it away. But now I wonder, uh-oh, is this a harbinger of things to come? Right? Mm-hmm. Is it going to stay? It just does, mean, does it mean something? How, how many days am I going to have this before I should go see a doctor? So um, I am a that I've got to be more proactive at keeping my body healthy because sometimes these things happen and they just continue. They don't well, just correct. Well, you know, it can be cumulative. Right? You know, we were talking, I was saying there's, I was reading recently um, a woman who's studied ballet and, and was a dancer since the age of five. She's now 79 and unless I'm mistaken, I believe the article said San Antonio. So at the age of 79, she's still each and every day dancing. She's got her own school. And she's teaching, you know, little kids, you know, five and up as she started. Plus, she's periodically a guest artist at 79. And her motivator, if you will, and her regimen is every day getting up and just doing stuff. Mm. In case, it's dancing. And they had a photo of her, and she's still very agile, still very, you know, still the dancer. So I think part of that, the motivation and the health, are sometimes combined. And I think, as you said, you gotta, as we get older, you gotta work at it. You have to be very conscious. I, I find it interesting when when people tell me stories about, you know, the eighty-year-old weightlifter, uh, the seventy-five-year-old javelin, you know, the pole vaulter, because. Those people were probably athletic from, mm. like you say, the age of five or always throughout their lives. They just always, they just continue to maintain it in their 60s. And that's, that's what you're saying. Just keep doing what you're Whatever doing. Whatever you're doing, right? even if it's just walking. Yeah. And I, I think I'm a little tempted because I'm retired. I think I'm a little tempted to uh, sit back mm. and... And just, I don't have to go to work. I don't have to do this. And so I, I think I'm a little tempted to be a couch surfer. Because then that takes over. Then that'll, then that'll mean that not only will I not be the pole vaulter that, or ballet dancer that I never was, mm-hmm. but if I don't keep up my activity level the way it is today, then I'm just going to decrease. Yeah. I, I have friends. In that that went to junior high with me, mm-hmm. that hobble, and that um, can't work, can't walk very many steps, 
uh, I remember being at their house and uh, I went to bend down to pick something. I went down on my knees, I had dropped something and I went to wipe it up and they both looked at me and said, oh my gosh. You can still do that. that you can still do that. So, hmm. And so maybe, I, I sometimes I wonder at, at holding up these extreme people, like, oh, you know, she's rock climbing at 78. And then, you know, I, I look at my life and I go, well, I'm never going to be a rock climber, so why should I bother, right? Or, yeah. But maybe I should look at my life and say, hey, I still can walk. I can still pick up. I can still lift my arms over my head. Let, those are those are things that could disappear if I don't maintain Routine. it every so, so, day. So maybe the message is whatever each of us does. Yes. If it's simple as each morning raising your arms ten times. Yes. Or walking around the block, making sure we continue. Yes, exactly. Because that will maintain our health and that will make help with the motivation. You know, that's that's also maybe leading into dreams. What happens to our dreams as we get older? Do we still retain them? Do we refocus? Do we reprioritize? Are they less important? Hmm. Do you yeah, still that's, have any? That's t that's a that's a sad that's a sad loss for me. You know because there are some dreams that I just don't think are possible. I. I it's hard to say that in today's society because whenever you try to say to somebody, well, I doubt I'll ever climb Mount Everest, mm -hmm. people say, you know what, you can do anything you want, never say never if you really wanted it. And, and that, that sort of demeans what I'm trying to get at, that because if you're a person that had a lot of dreams and you had a lot of ambitions and then you had to work, for money and you, you had a children you had a family you had to postpone delay suddenly you you realize there's limited time mm -hmm. as well as yes, energy as the age, yes so there are some dreams I'm gonna have to let go mm. because I can't I'm not gonna be able to do it all I'm not gonna be able to do everything I thought I wanted well, to do? You know, I wonder, because I used to always say, once I retire, I'll do a lot of traveling. And somehow with time, I now, even if I have the opportunity, I'm, I don't know, I don't feel like. But I've exchanged it for something else. So I'm wondering, you know, perhaps it's back to that original. We have dreams, some we won't accomplish, but is it even important anymore. Maybe there are other dreams. You know, like my travel. Now, still think I have the stamina. I still think I'm able to, and I hope I'll still travel, but it's no longer, you know, if you dangle it in front of me, I'll go, I don't know, maybe next month, maybe next year. I like the way that you're re, um, redefining what, what we're talking about, because, you know, you're saying it's not so much a loss as it is a um, reframe, reframing. Uh, it's e even if I could think of the elegant word, I'm, I'm trying to think of the elegant word of like you're sculpting it into something more you know, I, precious. I, yeah, I, I find I'm still still have plans, still have dreams, but they're not necessarily the same ones I thought I would have. 
So for me, for me personally, I still feel energized in spite of what we've said and the hip and the whatever, but still it's just different. And I'm hanging on to it. And I think that's what gives life more meaning. It kind of shapes the next chapter. You know, we were also talking earlier about Madonna and, you know, her relevance and how she wants to stay relevant. What do you think? What do you think of Madonna? Yeah, I, I was I was thinking, I saw her on a, a talk show and... Um, she's 62, isn't she's, she? She's, she's 60, 60s. I think she's 60. And the fact that she's brought out this new album, it's not the new album we were saying, you know, because Cher has done that and Cher does concerts. It's the fact that she's marketing herself as this Madame X and now every talk show, every time she is seen, she wears an eye patch with an X over it. And she's created this character, a very sexual, very sexualized character. And I was thinking, well, you're marketing yourself as though you were 20, 30, 40. And then you asked a relevant question. Who who are you trying to sell to? Yeah. Who are you doing this for? Our age group? Because our age group is going to look at it and think, you know, really? Personally, me, I think, I don't care. Right? Younger age group, I don't know. I don't know. Do they even know who Madonna is? Do they? Does she have relevance with their age group? So is she a good role model for us as we age? Would you say? I mean, I understand, like you had said earlier, never say die. I do, appre I do appreciate her desire to say, never say die. I am going to be a sexual, beautiful, fetishized woman wearing fishnet stockings and corsets, and corsets <laughs> till I die. I, I, I appreciate that that's a good sentiment, but I'm not sure who's buying it. Yeah, you know, my impression is she it's almost like she's doing it for herself to prove to herself that she's still sexy and relevant, but not necessarily that the audience is buying it. At least I don't know. As know? a 60-year-old and, and hmm. the 60-year-olds that I know, do we want to be like that? Is that in like, do I want to walk around in stilettos and fishnet stockings? I would say not. You still want to feel valued and maybe in your own way sexy, but this to me seems, I don't know, Cher uh, is the better example. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Where she's having fun with her costumes and she's playing with her images and she's letting you in on it, the audience in on it as part of this whole extravaganza. Uh, she's having fun, you're having fun, having fun with her. Whereas I think I, just looking at Madonna, she's pretty serious that she's as... Yeah, I think she takes herself a little too seriously, whereas someone like Cher suddenly puts on a very good performance and she does a great job, but she's also having fun. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, if I think any media star around our age group, I would vote for Cher. To me, she's more of that fun, that energy, that, you know, rehearsal, and I'm sure she, she's no longer as she was, but she still practices, you know, that better model, if you will, yeah. role model for, for women in particular, how to age. Yeah. And, and that motivation. And, and I mean, let's, okay, let's be serious here. You went for ortho, orthotics. Mm -hmm. uh, I, 
I had to get orthotics because my um, I got plantar fasciitis. Yeah. So I can't wear heels even if I wanted to. My, I would hurt. My feet would hurt. So you're looking at, like, am I supposed to, is, is Madonna supposed to be my role model? None of that looks comfortable. No. I, I'm into dressing comfortable. You know what? I still like having fun because I went yesterday. But I did point out to the gentleman that I, of course, you know, the high heels, although I never truly wore really high heels, but still are out. I fully understand that because his opening line was, he saw my sneakers and he says, perfect. And I said, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I understand no high heels. That's fine. But, you know, some function, whether that's Christmas, to work or what have you, I do need more dressy shoes plus summer sandals. So whatever you come up with, it has to, you know, so I think it's more about the adjustment. It's, it's, a little bit of what you said. It's not the Madonna. I mean, it's interesting to see what she's doing, but certainly the share might be the better example. But equally, it's not saying, not necessarily saying, orthotics and running shoes only. It's like, hold on, we're now a market here to be reckoned with. Mm. Um, figure out something that is a little more evolving with us. So my message to loss or my interpretation, it's definitely there. There's definitely impact. But there's also ways to, you know, move us forward. So it isn't, you know, again, the running shoes. It isn't the, the high stilettos. Maybe something in the middle that we're all comfortable. Yeah. You have a very, yeah, your take on it is less on the um, negative part of loss, but more on the positive aspect of adjustment. It is, to me, adjustment and recovery and finding new direction and mm. it's not easy you know it's what fascinates me is well talk about loss divorce rates and i don't recall the latest statistic but in a general sense women older women initiate which to me is always interesting in a sense it's a loss you had a partner maybe kids with grandkids and yet in your 60s 70s you as a woman are initiating a separation. That can be easy, for sure. It's a, a, a certain kind of loss. But you're also initiating. So there must also be a payoff in a gain. I know women who are divorced. Um, they got divorced in their 40s. And I know women who have been widowed. And I, I can tell you that none of them are looking to replace interesting isn't it yeah I always found that fascinating so I suppose it's a loss of sorts I mean you know you lose yes. a partner and especially if you put many years together yes into that partnership into that you know building that home that nest there needs to be a loss but it seems it, it you know to your point it seems to the gain outweighs it the adjustment thing but right? the adjustment must be there nonetheless mm-hmm and I wonder if sometimes they think, was it the right move? I don't know. It's this kind of funny loss gain to me. And, you know, the other part, I guess we touched before, family, you raise kids together. As we get older, those of us who have children, you know, either they leave for school or um, just home or they get a job in another city, province, state. Um, how do most of us adjust 
it can be easy. I think it's all part of that loss of identity, really, because uh, having children for many women is a job. I know many of them work outside the home, but that raising of the children was a big job and it became a huge part of their identity. So uh, whether they've retired from work or their children have moved and gone out of home, now they are reinventing themselves. Who yeah. am I, right? So oh, well, I think that's the key word here, reinvention. Yeah. Is that how, how did you face, you know, your daughter moving out, for instance? Especially initially, was that painful? You, you prepared yourself and you thought, well, you know, that's bound to happen. She's still pretty much a big part of my life. So, um, I don't know. I think I can speak for some people whose children have moved, let's say, outside the city or even outside the country. And uh, I don't think you can ever prepare yourself for that because you are happy that they're independent, but, you know, they were a big part of your life. and So there's a certain void. Yeah. So yeah. How, how, how did you fill your void or how did, have you seen well, or even suggest? I think finding, like you said earlier, meaning and purpose. So I have a friend of mine who was a, a very, very involved mother. And um, so her children are moved out and they're fine and they're doing their own thing. And she said that she was having a hard time retiring because she's a school secretary and she deals a lot with the children in an elementary school. And she says, it gives my life purpose and meaning. I feel like I'm doing something good and I feel like I'm doing something important and meaningful. So um, I think doing something that can replace the value that you had mm -hmm. in being a supportive parent. Yeah, so it's finding either a part-time job if you've already retired or volunteer. Yeah. A volunteering you know, organization that's close to you, including religious. Um, or just refocusing. Yeah. Yeah. Refocusing. It's hard, I think, when people... Uh, it has to be an active and conscious Yeah. Effort. And you know, it's kind of funny because I think a lot of people, when they retire, the only things they can think of are traveling and eating out and all the fun, relaxing stuff, mm -hmm. right? So that's that's big on their mind. I'm going to, and, and they think of it like a holiday. Like I'm just going to live my life as though I was on vacation. Yay. I love my vacations. But vacations are only three weeks or six weeks. Yeah. And then they come to an end. And the emptiness of just doing hedonistic stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, and I agree with you. And pretty that, that, that presupposes also a certain income. Yeah. So there's that element, you sure. know, the value, the hedonism, or, or I would agree. But there's the part, you know, if you continuously want to travel, there's the money aspect, the financial side. And for a lot of people, depending, you know, where they work, the family situation, um, the monthly income probably diminished. Mm -hmm. So that's, for a lot of us, not a realistic picture either. 
So I think it's, to me at least, it's not to say you can't travel here and there, but more about your day-to-day, -day, you know, refocusing your energy, doing the walking, or whatever, you know, it gets you out. Finding a new purpose. I think that's huge. I think meaning and purpose is going to be the biggest. So whether it's you become a grandparent or whether you want to make a statement in your community by being an activist, whether you want to make the world safer mm -hmm. or cleaner, you want to do something that you feel has purpose and meaning. I, I really I really do think that. I think we thought in our lives, our careers and our jobs were simply about making money, having success, mm -hmm. um, being recognized. But actually, what jobs do for humanity is they give you a sense of purpose and meaning in and your, a certain you know pattern and a certain routine to your life which which of course once we retire and all these other losses and you know one more I wanted at least briefly to touch on and one loss is for a lot of us is of course death and often mm -hmm. is our parents and that too I think you know puts that mortality and that finality um, you know, right center in front like right in front of us um, so that's another thing and, and I think, you know, as what you started saying, it's, it's as we both said, I think part of a way of dealing with these losses, whether it's job refocus or kids or, or health or, or death, is that reinvention and still finding beauty in life, but also recognizing things will change and have changed and will continue and we have to be ready and we have to uh, be very proactive else it will it seems to me take over you know is, is kind of my view it has to be work you know on ourselves at least is, is my you know take away from loss and the inevitable impact and then moving forward it's that reinvention and that hard work that we have to put in as we start aging. Mm -hmm. so what, what would you say, you know, to our audience? Any of your perhaps parting for this at least podcast thoughts? Yeah, I, I, we are, we are the elders. You know that. Mm -hmm. um, so most of us have lost our parents, so we are it. Yeah. And uh, we have. Remember how we we look to our elders. Well, now people look to us. Mm -hmm. So with that what, generation now, with what message do we give them? Yeah. Yes, right. You yeah. know what legacy and message do we leave them? Leave them, and hopefully all positive, or some of. So I think on this note, we'll end today's podcast. I'm sure in future, we'll you know speak to all these um, losses and reinventions in more depth. But for today, uh, I think. I think, you know, it is acknowledging the losses and refocusing. Yeah, reframing, the... refocusing. Yep, I like that, Anna. I like it. Well, Morella, thank you. And uh, 
Until next time, thank you all.